Welcome back, everybody. We are so glad to have you here on another great episode of the Red X Podcast. And uh, we're really excited about our guest today, Gus Munoz, uh, who's going to talk about something we've never talked about on the podcast before, and that's using ISA. So, Gus, let's just say hi to the audience right now. We're so glad you're here. Hey, everybody. Glad to be here. <laughs> Thanks. We, we are pumped about this and excited to talk about a brand new topic. Now, we'd love to know where you're joining us from. You can throw that in the comments. This is a participatory event. So any question, comments you have, go ahead and put it down in the comments wherever you're viewing uh, this today. And if we can get to it in the show, we will try to get to that. If not, you can keep the conversation going at the Lead Gen Conversation on our Facebook group where we can answer more questions. Uh, also, just a quick reminder that uh, we want to make sure to see you here next week and in any following week. So make sure to subscribe to the podcast either here on YouTube or go to redx.com slash podcast where you can see all our past podcasts and keep up to date on what's going on next. But let's dive in to uh, our topic today, our brand new topic here, at least at the Red X podcast, with what we always do, finding an expert from across this great nation who knows what we're talking about. We have Gus here to talk to us about ISAs. But before we dive into that, Gus, just tell our audience a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Robert. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm uh, originally, originally born and raised in Mexico. I went to work in the U.S., not in real estate. I started as an engineer, software guy uh, that went up to Seattle uh, to work. So, you know, I, I went to Seattle, didn't know anybody, went to work for a big company, um, you know, and that was my, you know, I grew up on the border with the U.S., so that's why I kind of have like Southern California accent. So I grew <laughs> up, you know, with one foot in California, one foot in Mexico, um, you know, and, and I spent a lot of time there as a, as a kid, half my family's there. So, you know, it wasn't that big of a stretch for me to go, you know, and, and, and live there. But, but Seattle was not Southern California, right? It's like very kind of distinct, it's like real America. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's not the border area, right? So uh, it was something brand new to me. And I went into, real, I went into software for, the, for almost 10 years. I worked at Microsoft, actually. Um, but, but I quickly discovered, well, not quickly. Quickly is a, a, a relative term. I was there for almost 10 years. And my wife discovered that real estate was a really interesting industry, right? She, she, uh, I met her in Mexico. She joined me up in Seattle. And she got licensed in 2008, oh, 2008, no. <laughs> as the world was ending, the ground yeah. was shifting beneath our feet, right? Um, she joined, jumped in, became the rookie of the year with, I think, closing nine deals. She became like the, like the top, it was the market, guys. I mean, let's be honest, it was 2008. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she killed it, right? You know, as a, as a brand new agent uh, in, in probably the worst environment you can try and sell real estate in, right? So um, that was really interesting for me. And I got to see that whole cycle. 2008, 2009, 2010. And I'm like, this is, this is wild. I, it was a world that I had never been exposed to. You know, my, my, my parent, you know, my parents were both teachers. So they were like, Hey, go join the mothership. You know, they're like, well, if you're not going to go into academia, go into a corporation, kind of the same thing. Right. So that was my world that I came from. And, you know, my wife kind of brought me into like this whole real estate thing. And it was, it was, it was a crazy market. It was really interesting for me. I got licensed in 2010 and I did real estate part-time. As a full-time, I was an engineering manager at this point. So I was oh, wow. running a team of, of, of developers in Microsoft. And nights and weekends, I'd help my wife with her like website or CRM, marketing stuff. I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was really fun. It was very, that's a word. I thought it was fun. Um, and the, the excitement and the energy of running your own business, right? And uh, that was like really, really interesting for me. I was really surprised. That was appealing to me. And it got so appealing that I kind of stopped getting excited and motivated to do my day job. And in 2013, right, 
uh, I took the plunge. I went full time into real estate. I uh, went full time, and you know, I've not looked. It was gonna be. It was gonna be a six month hiatus. I was gonna take a yeah. six month sabbatical to help my wife finally build up her team. It was just her. It was just her and me, kind of nights and weekends. Hey, let's get some agents on here. Let's get some assistants. Let's really blow up your business. It was gonna be six months while I went back into high tech, and I never looked back. It's been what almost you know nine years already, over nine years, um, and it's been going so good so far. That is an awesome background, and uh, thanks to your wife, you're doing something that you love. So that's great yeah, yeah, uh, to yeah. get into real estate. I also love this idea that you and your wife jump into real estate in 2008 and still love it. Like, yeah. I think a lo- I think the, like agents should just like yes. have you on speed dial to say, "Hey, wait, am I going to be okay right now? Is, is the market it, is shifting? It, or- is it going to be all right?" Actually, yeah. So, yeah. so you're you're probably like, yeah. I mean, I got in like in in 08, and so I'm I'm all ready for this shift. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, but I do I do love that. Well, good. Now, um, but let's jump into that uh, then. If uh, if if we can just jump right into what you do now in real estate. Yeah. And uh, what you're teaching people to do, and that's uh, what you can do with an ISA. Yeah, 100%. So, you know, uh, actually, I forgot that part of the story. So, let me yeah. amend that, right? So, I went full time in 2013. Around the 2015 and the 2015 timeframe, I, I, I was working with ISAs on my team. And for people that don't know, ISA stands for Inside Sales Agent, it is a role on a real estate team that does calling. We'll just call it that all things calling whether it's qualifying and converting inbound internet leads or outbound prospecting, right? We're using tools like Red X and, and, and other stuff out there. So it's usually one of those two roles. And I was using that. I was implementing that in my business. And I had a crazy idea. I said, hey, you know what? I, I'm loving this role. I think it's really interesting. I'm a systems and process guy, right? That's my background. I said, I think this is an unbelievably scalable role, right? So I can see this working at a high level. And I said, I bet I could make this work in my back in my hometown in Mexico, right? I said I because it was very challenging to find, recruit, and and maintain talent in the role in Seattle. I was competing for talent with Zillow and and Redfin, right? And Amazon, by the way. So they had a ton of inside sales agents and roles for that. And it was it was very challenging, right? I would either lose them as an ISA to a big corporation or they would want to get licensed. And I, I totally understood that. It was it was it was great. It's awesome. But I wanted someone in that role, right? I'm going to build a team in my hometown. I'm going to get some people in there. I'm going to teach them how to do this. And let's see what happens. And immediately, Robert, four other agents gave me $10,000. To, to, can you do this for me too? Like, hey, can you? if you're going to go over go through this trouble, Gus, why don't you do one for me? Like four people. And one That's of awesome. them aggressively called me and said, why aren't you taking my calls? I've got my check right here. What's going on? <laughs> And I got, are you, are you holding out on me or something? I go, you know, in the business, Robert, we're used to chasing people, yeah. right? Like we're trying to get them to get, pick up with the phone and respond. Or I had never had people aggressively calling me to take their money, right? So I said, okay, I'm tapping into like a like a big need, right? There, there's a visceral need for this kind of a role, and people were having the same challenges I was having in in finding folks, retaining great folks and getting people to do the job day in, day out. So I went ahead and did that. That was my first, I think it was five or six people I hired at that very first point, four for my clients, a couple for myself. And, and that was that was end of 2015. So we're coming up on the seventh anniversary of that That's first awesome. project. Now I've got over 100 people working for me full time right now. And we place and manage another 150 
uh, um, wow. ISAs for other teams. So, so it's, it's, it's grown significantly since then. Um, you know, I went full time on this new company in 2016. Once I said, hey, you know what? I kind of like hanging out in Mexico anyway. I don't mind that working from home, like extreme working from home. Before it was cool. Before it was cool. And, 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 and we moved back down to Mexico and started a, a, a first a physical call center. Now a virtual call center. Thanks to COVID. We all went 100% virtual. Wow. Um, and, and we really haven't looked back since. And the fundamental problem we help teams solve with this kind of a role is th those two problem spaces. Responding to and qualifying and following up with those inbound opportunities, right? Whether it's the web or signed calls or whatever it is, and that outbound prospecting role, right? Which is very different from the yeah. inbound internet lead uh, space. The outbound prospecting role, we help people find talented, experienced call center veterans that can go in there and do this job for them. Uh, it's challenging. It's difficult to, to find someone to do it. It's difficult to train someone to do it. And it's even harder to retain a great person in that role, yeah. which is why there's such a big need for a, for a, for a, for a service like this. So I, I love it because you're, I mean, and thank you for giving us your background because you kind of take this academic approach, an engineering approach and real estate, and you've combined it all together to, to make something that's really working for people. Now, I know in the industry, I mean, here at Red X, for sure, we have our own boot camps and, and, and different trainings where we're training people to get on the phone and make those calls. And most agents really are solopreneurs or really small teams, right? Just a few people in the office. And, uh, and, and there's this idea, you know, that like, I would like to outsource this, but no one cares about my business as much as I do. So maybe help us understand a little bit. And you've kind of started to get into that, how, how you've solved for that in, in your recruiting, but how do you, how can you really help a business owner, a small business owner, real estate agent that says, man, but I care the very most about my business. So how can I outsource a part of, the, of my, of my business? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Robert, because it's usually the thing that's holding people back, holding them back and growing their business, hold, hold, definitely holding them back and growing their team because no one can do this as good as I can. And that, that's, a, that's a firmly held belief by a lot of agents. And that's usually why a lot of agents kind of remain solopreneurs, which you, you can get a, have a great business being a solopreneur. Yeah. So no knock on the, on the solo agents. But if your, your aspirations are to be more than that, your production to be a certain level, your life goals to be at a certain level, and solopreneurs not letting you do that, you kind of have to look inside and go, okay, great. What is it that I do every day, right? Start there. Because we wear a lot of hats as real estate. I'm still an agent right now. You're, we wear a lot of hats as real estate agents. You're the ISA of the team. You're the transaction coordinator of the team. You're the listing input manager of the team. You're the closer. You're the listing appointment attendee person on the team. You're the follow-up person. You're the runner. You're the marketer. <laughs> you're the, you do all these different roles, okay? All of these different roles. And this has been analyzed by people that are a lot smarter than me, right? On, on all these different roles that exist, what are the fundamental roles that you do as a, as a real estate agent? And that is you have a role in lead generation and lead conversion, and you have a role in fulfilling those clients, okay? Those are, we have to juggle both of those things, okay? You, you can be the best agent and the best negotiator and the best customer service experience person, but if you don't figure out the lead generation and lead conversion aspect of the business, you're not gonna have clients to serve. Or the market shifts, and you suddenly find yourself with way less clients than you expected. Yeah. And what are you going to do, right? If they're coming, if you're expecting them to kind of come to you 
and that referral and recommendation space, right? You've got to solve for both problems. And one of the ways that you can actually help specialize and grow your business is by adding leverage, adding people in there. ISA shouldn't be your first hire. I don't, I don't think it should. You should probably start to let go of that transaction management, contract input, listing input part of the role. That is the first thing you should start letting go because that's just going to let you do more of the rest of the activities, right? That's that's probably number one. And I haven't, I have yet to hear an agent say, "Oh, I'm the best at filling out contracts and <laughs> you know and sending emails for the transaction." That's usually a lot easier to let go than most things. But I do see a lot of agents that say, oh, my phone calls and my follow-up, no one can replace me on that, right? And, and I think we have to shift our mindset a little bit from that because I, I actually agree with them on some level that, yes, an ISA, whether it's in-house or virtual or outsourced, whatever it is, I don't think they're ever going to be 100% as good a, as you are at this job, but they can be 80% as good, 75% as good, and they're going to do it for eight hours a day, Right. And, and that's a winning math. Like I like those yeah. numbers. I like those odds. I like them a lot because that's where the advantage and the scalability of this role comes from. They're, they're, they're doing it at 75, 80% of what you can do. And they're doing it way more often and way more consistently than the agent or anyone on their team can really do. That's a powerful formula when you get it on your side. I like that. And so uh, maybe tell us then a little bit, and, and I want you to also, because I don't know enough about it. So you might be like, hey, actually, I want to tell you more about this part. So you feel free to tell me what I don't know, because uh, that's why you're here. But uh, but I, I'm also just curious, like, so what becomes, what's some a pretty standard uh, uh, labor split then once, mm. so I get my first ISA, do I say, hey, you call these numbers and I'll call these numbers, or I'm going to stay on top of my sphere and you're going to call expireds or what, what, what do you think is a division of labor for someone that's considering this and might get their first ISA sometime soon? That, that, that's, a, that's a great question because that's usually where I see some mistakes happen. Like some, some very common pitfalls happen here, right? Because I see a lot of uh, agents get excited about ISAs. Great. I, I'm going to get away from calling. I'm done calling, right? So you fall into the trap of abdicating instead of delegating, right? So, so that's that that's the wrong approach to have when you've got an ISA on your team. Your ISA, if you get an ISA helping you make calls, you're, you're actually going to be doing more calling. So, I'm, <laughs> so I'm sorry to tell this to folks, right? This is this is not a set it and forget it. I don't have to do any more calls anymore because the ISA should be helping you solve a problem, which is to make your calls more efficient and you're talking to more motivated, further along the pipeline people, right? Not doing less calling, no, at all. Not at all. If your eyes is any good, you're gonna be doing more calling, right? But it's gonna be with more valuable prospects, more valuable prospects. The job of the ISA, and I love this. Uh, I got this from one of my clients, John D. Smith, out of Charlotte, a client of Red X, by the way, uh, that is absolutely killing it. Uh, I've been doing, has been doing expired and for sold by owners for over 20 years in two markets, Detroit, Michigan, and now Charlotte, North Carolina. So in like the worst possible market and probably one of the hottest markets. So he's kind of seen it both. Um, you know, he, he's a client he's a, and he's a good pal. He, he always says, and I like the way he expresses it. The ISA's job is to shake the tree. Okay. The ISA's job is to shake that tree, shake it all day, shake it for eight hours a day, every day, Monday through Friday, and hand off to the agent those opportunities that they find. Okay. They're making... 50, 100, 200, 300 calls during that shift. 
and their job is to go through the haystack and find one, two, or three of those needles that you need to be talking to. Now, that's I, I, it's very easy to say, but I want to get as specific as I can yeah. about this because the concept is very important, and it is the difference between having a successful model with an ISA and having kind of a lot of frustration and a lot of failure. What I mean by that, that shaking the tree, is that the job of the ISA is typically not going to be you give them a bunch of FISBOs and expires, and they give you a bunch of listing appointments, okay? And that is unfortunately how most agents approach it. Yeah. They give their ISA a bunch of expires and, and they get red X and they get all these numbers and they get vortex we're fired up. Let's go. And where are my appointments, Gus? I'm not attending. And then I, I get these appointments and they're not even ready to meet with me yet. What's going on? There's something. Fix my ISA, Gus. I yeah. need to help me fix this person. And I go, you're doing it wrong. I'll, I'll help you fix it. The problem is your process is wrong. Your approach is incorrect. The job of the ISA is not to set a listing appointment with a cell that's ready to come for you to list with them, right? That's typically not how FISBO and expired work, right? Not, not typically at all how yeah. that works. The job of the ISA is to qualify these folks. And that can actually, let me take it broader, whether it's expired for sale by owner, absentee owners, the downsizers, notice of default, whatever that list happens to be. Um, uh, their job is to qualify them to see if it's worth it for them to talk to you. Okay. If they are ready, they're ready and willing to take your call to get to, to meet their objective, whatever that happens to be. That is the job of the ISA. That is the best, highest and best use of their time, making all the calls and the follow-up calls and the, and the follow-ups and follow-ups to get that prospect to say, you know what? Yes, I would like to talk to you know your agent. Let's see what they've got. Let's see what they can what they can do for me, right? So that role of having the ISA be the upfront qualifier of opportunities is a role that I've seen people kill it with when they've got a great ISA. That's what you know John D. Smith out of North Carolina is doing. Another one of my clients, Calvin Shropshire, another client of Red X. He uses a lot a lot of sources, but Red X is one of them. He has the exact same approach for specifically for sell by owners. Okay. And, and I'll get really specific with this. Yeah. He has his ISAs call. He has two full-time ISAs. He, they call every single new for sell by owner in the entire Chattanooga, Tennessee area. If they're in that whole area, I forget what the radius is, but it's miles out of that. They're going to get a call from them on day one as a new for sell by owner. And they just want to talk to them about the property, talk to them about their goals. That's great. We'll be checking in with you regularly to see if that property is still available. They're not trying to convert them on day one, right? Because if you've ever done calling on FISBOs, yeah, that is a yeah. useless <laughs> endeavor, right? And a lot of agents try that, Robert. They try to get in front of them and list the property on day one, right? But that's usually, usually not going to be a very fruitful task, okay? <laughs> It's building the relationship and asking permission to follow up with them. You're going to set yourself apart just with that. That's what his ISAs do, right? They set, they just qualify them, see where they're at, look, look make sure they have accurate property information, and they ask them if it's okay. To, if it's okay, ask for permission to follow up with them. Week two, Monday morning, great. Is the property still available? How's it going for you? Any offers this weekend? Any showings at least this weekend? Oh, I got you. Well, that totally makes sense. But that, and that's the first time they're going to make an offer. They go, Hey, I would, if you need some help navigating this crazy market, this is a script for fall of 2022. Yeah, by the way. Yeah, I'll be yeah. hearing this later. The fall of 2022, you can give this script 
very effectively to FISBO. If you need some help navigating this crazy market and get exposed to a more effective and more aggressive marketing plan that can get you more money for your property, would you be willing to talk to my agent, Calvin, see what he can do for you? Is that worth five to 10 minutes of your time? I like it. He can, he can be out there tomorrow, right? Uh, let's put him on a calendar. Let's see what he's available. Boom, 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 boom. You're booking an in-person appointment, in-person appointment to give them what, what, what we can offer you. We just want to give you some options to get your property sold and, and for the most amount of money in the least amount of time. Is that worth 10, 15 minutes of your time? I think Calvin actually says 15, 20 minutes. That's a re- that's the real script. 15, yeah. 20 minutes of your time. The 10 yeah. minutes, you're just going to get in there, right? 15, yeah. 20 minutes of your time. Is that worth it for you? And they might say no. Most of them do. Okay, per- perfect. That totally makes sense. But check it in with you later. Third week comes in. They're delivering the same script. How'd it go for you? That property still available. Any offers, any showings? Well, I'd just love to see if you're interested. Still interested in talking to my agent, Calvin, and having give you lay out those options, right? To, to navigate this crazy market. And, and a more aggressive, more effective way to get your home sold for the most amount of money in the least amount of time. Is that worth it for you? And more people than you would expect say yes on that third third call. Okay? Yeah, yeah, by the, then. The, for the sure. goal is that third week, that's the, 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 the second or third week is when you've got that chance, the biggest chance. And it might also be three months down the line. That's another thing, right? But a, but a good number of them, the ones that are going to list, it's going to be that second or third week. That's the hot zone, right? That's the hot zone. That's like 20-yard line, right? Like you're ready to go. You got to be ready for that as a for sale by owner. So when, when that person says, yes, they are, you know what? I'm willing to give them a shot. Let's see what they have to say. All right, have them give me a call. Or yes, they can come look, look at the property. They book it on the agent's calendar. Let's go, okay? They hand it off. And But here's the thing, Robert. When they hand it off, it's not a listing appointment yet. Let's be clear on that. That's not what's happening. They call these up, they're called opportunities. It's an opportunity. The first thing the agent does when they get that opportunity from the ISA is they call and they qualify it. Okay. Very important to do. It's a it's a it's a simple process, but very important because they're double checking all the information. They're, they even listen to the call from that the ISA had oh. with the owner, right? Before they're even doing any of this to get context, understand it. And great, that's awesome. Hey, Mr. Seller, I saw you spoke to my teammate, you know, Gus, and, you know, just want to introduce myself. I see we've got you for an appointment tomorrow at 3 p.m. at your property. Just want to see if you have any questions for me, right? And because if they don't want to meet with an agent, that's a bogus appointment. You want to know about it right then and there. Yeah. Right there. No, no, I didn't say anything. I said, bring me a buyer. I said this. I said that. Oh, that totally makes sense. And it's not, it's not the time right now. No worry about that, right? When you're ready, we're here. We'd love to help you, give you options. To get that property sold for the most amount of money, least amount of time, and help you navigate this crazy market. Mm, okay, sure, come over. You know, that might, you know, acquiesce there, or you're setting that table for another follow-up. Yeah. Okay? So the, the the most important thing to understand is that it's a process. The ISA qualifying it and handing it off to the agent is another step in that process. It's not the end of the process. It's another step in that process. They had to call 15 different for sale by owners over the last three weeks to get you that opportunity, okay? Yeah. That is the value and that is the work that the ISA puts in to get you talking to a more qualified for sale by owner that's at least giving the indication that they're open to something. They wanna know their options. ISA is forbidden from saying the word listing, MLS, commissions, 
discount, none of that. We're just, just qualifying, qualifying on motivation. I is love there, it. Is there anything you want to do? And with that approach, Calvin, with one ISA doing this, closed 23 for sale by owners in Chattanooga, Tennessee, the last 12 months. Wow. And then what and that that was half that market was in 20, 2021, by the way. Yeah. Half of it was in this market, half of it was in another very different market. And even and it even works then. And it even works then. The biggest difference that we're seeing right now in the fall of 2022 is that that cycle, remember I said that those three weeks is getting compressed. Yeah. Calvin yeah. just told me today that he got one that signed up by the next day, like the wow. second day after they signed up, because they're seeing how difficult it is now to get their property sold, right? These for sale by owners are, you know, uh, uh, they're, they're just as lost as some of these sellers are, yeah. the sellers in the marketplace, guys. They need help. Their days on market is going up. Their, their, their inventory, they're seeing inventory go up. They're seeing less 30% less buyer activity across the board in the country, right? So they're seeing that and they're confused and they're frustrated by it and, and they need some help. So the yeah. ISA just goes out there, shakes that tree. And I can go into a few more examples, but I mean, that, that's the fundamental model I want people to understand. They should shake that tree and hand off the opportunity to the agent to get them in front of them and close that deal. I like this has been perfect because... I definitely started today with uh, the the same perception you said a lot of people have, which is like, hey, I'm going to hire an ISA, and and then I now I don't do that. But this is all about the fundamentals of prospecting, the right lead types, the right data, the right phone numbers, the right scripts, and the right process of contacting, qualifying, setting appointments, and uh, so yeah, for me this has been huge eye opening in understanding how how all of this fits together. And, uh, and so I have one more question. We're, we're super running out of time. So we need to have you back to talk more about this because now yeah. I'm now my interest is totally peaked and I need to know more. Uh, but, but I do, one of my questions that I had was about when somebody could, should consider it, right? So maybe they're a brand new agent. They're just getting a few deals. Is that too early? Do I need to have so much uh, GCI? Should I have like, when do I start saying, Hey, this makes sense now to have an ISA help me with lead generation. So maybe answer that question and then get, give us any final words that you have and uh, uh, before we have to let you go today. Yeah, uh, that's another really, really good question because it's so fundamental to whether you're going to be successful or not, right? When, when should you add an ISA? I mentioned before, it shouldn't be your first hire. You should have an ISA. Well, and, you know, you should understand the role of that ISA. They're adding leverage to your lead generation process. So, the prerequisite, the only prerequisite, Robert, is you have to have a lead generation process, right? <laughs> and this might take you a few months to figure out. It might take you a few years to figure out, just quite frankly, whether that's an inbound internet lead pipeline, a prospecting-based pipeline, which you should be doing now anyway. I wanted to drop, you know, people should be reading this book, uh, A Shift by Gary Keller. This talks about being prospecting-based marketing enhanced during a shifting market. I think it's a great book. Um, and you should have a process to plug your ISA into. Otherwise, you get stuck with the blind leading the blind. Okay, <laughs> that and you don't want to be in that situation. Typically, a full-time ISA, like like some of the folks that we provide, is going to cost you eight hundred to nine hundred dollars a month uh, in monthly salary. You should have at least three to four months of that budgeted. At least three to four months because you're not going to see a big throughput before that time. It's usually 90 to 120 days into it. 
you're going to start to see some progress. You're going to start to see those first deals close. So you got to budget for that. But more importantly than the dollar amount, Robert, is that system. They plug into yeah. a system that if you make more calls and talk to more sellers, you're going to get something better on the on the on the other end. Because if you don't have that figured out, it's going to be very challenging to add leverage to that system and get a predictable result. Yeah, I love it. We and we always preach that that prospecting is a numbers game. That uh, that it works. It takes time. It takes work. Uh, but it is a numbers game. You make dials. You make contacts. Uh, you build relationships. You get listing appointments. And then you list homes and sell them, and uh, and it's all a numbers game. The 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 more at the top of the funnel you can put in, uh, so I so that that's been my big eye opener is that an ISA fits right in the same process we've always been talking about, and can really help agents as they have that system and process built to come in and leverage and 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 get it more efficient. So I love it, Gus. I've loved having you on today. We are uh, here at the at the end of the the half hour. We have to have you back because I think yeah. we just scratched the surface of what we can do together. Yeah. And, and we, what our we didn't talk about circle prospect. We're going to talk about geo leads. We're going to talk about absentees. We're going to talk about you know every other uh, lead source that everyone should be trying out right now. I'd love to be back. We'll, we'll talk about it on the next one. Yes, and I love it. And and hot tip from Gus on uh, Fisbo leads right now. They need you now more than ever, and you can serve them. And before we leave, though, uh, where can people find out more about uh, you and uh, the ISA company that you have? Yeah, definitely. You can check us out at powerisa.com altogether. That's our website. Or you can also look for me, Gus Munoz, on Facebook. I'm very active on Facebook. Not any other social media platform. I'm kind of old school. So though Facebook is the place where I go uh, alive the most. And you can interact with me the most. And our website, powerisa.com. Great. Everybody, go and find Gus there. Thank you again for your time. Everyone, thank you for joining us. Well, we uh, appreciate your trust and, and coming together to learn more about what's going on in the real estate market right now and the tools and data and systems that can help you out. Uh, we hope that we bring you value every single week. We hope to see you next week here, same time, same place. Uh, find out more about our next episode at redx.com slash podcast uh, or continue the conversation on our Facebook page at the Lead Gen Conversation. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for being here.